Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. And you Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards. No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Shut up! When we were there. Hello, and welcome to When We Were There, Bias Internet History. My name is Thomas. And I'm Josh, and this is a podcast all about the history of internet content, the who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldo's. We get into it all. Whether you like it or not. Uh, today, if you're on our Patreon and you're seeing the video, I'm actually wearing some pretty chill shades. I was going to bring that up. I was going to say all the audio listeners are really missing out right now. They're missing out. I kind of like move them around on the dance. So pay the $5, guys. Yeah, it is 10. Is it? Yeah, maybe oh, we geez. should drop it. And that's oh, why we don't have any backers. <laughs> no one, no one's paying for it because the price is too steep. Yeah. Well, today we have a very special guest. Someone who has played a big part in shaping my sense of humor and what comedy we bring to this show. A Goliath, an OG of the internet, Mr. Jeff Rubin. How's it going, Jeff? It is great. Hello. Thank you for that uh, lovely intro. And well, I want to say, even if you have the video, if you're not actually on this call, you're still missing out because I didn't know those sunglasses were coming out. And as soon as the music hit, you put on the sunglasses. And that, that was I like did, a, yeah. a dramatic moment. So yeah, that, I don't know if you have a Patreon level where you can just like be on the call before we actually start recording. But that's the true experience that everyone is just the throwing on of the glasses. That's like the hundred dollars a month sort of thing maybe right 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 yeah you're a producer you get to see the preamble the pre-interview yeah all of maybe that they stuff. get to they get to, like to say one word per show yeah if you came here before you'd see jeff came on the screen and i got so nervous i peed and puked so <laughs> pay the hundred dollar tier uh i i think you know it's interesting you know having certain guests on here and you're one of the people that i think i've been watching since almost the beginning of my internet journey, since about 2007. And some people might not know this because I don't know if you've Googled yourself or seen your <laughs> wiki, your college humor yeah. Wikitubia. But well, uh, it I don't says, know what that is. But yeah, it's like a Wikipedia I, specifically for college humor. I will maybe look at that <laughs> afterwards. We'll say. But um, what, well, I have I'm familiar. I have Googled myself, and I think I know where this is going. Is it that there's other Jeff, the other Jeff Rubin? Well, number one, there's a Canadian economist named Jeff Rubin. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and, <laughs> sorry, Thomas, go on. I was going to say, even if you search Jeff Rubin college humor, it still comes up with him, and it's his photo first, but then there's a photo of your face like next to his. I love it. I'm sure <laughs> he's Googled himself since he's human, and like he's like a media personality. He goes on TV and speaks like, I'm sure he's seen me too, and I'm sure he hates me more than I hate him. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I will tell you very briefly that, uh, and I'm not just doing this to plug my show, but I have a podcast, The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show, and for like, I don't know, the 200th episode, there was some sort of anniversary. I actually got a bunch of other people named Jeff Rubin, and I had the round table of Jeff Rubins, <laughs> and I just like went on Facebook, and I got like five or six other people named Jeff Rubin for this very special episode of The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. And I was just like, hey, so how come you went with Jeff Rubin, not Jeffrey? Like everyone talks about Jeff versus Jeffrey. How can we go with JR? And I really <laughs> wanted to get that guy. And I, he, he didn't he did not respond. The, but everyone in the group definitely knew about him. The other thing I will briefly say, the other funny story I will tell you about him is once HuffPo, this is many years ago now, I think I was still working at College Humor, um, HuffPo Canada 
emailed me and was like, hey, would you like to write something for uh, HuffPost Canada <laughs> about oil? And I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, like there was like, nothing in the email. Like I could play dumb, but like I didn't, it, it was, I could play dumb and be like, there wasn't anything where it was like, we've seen your other work about oil. Like I could play yeah, dumb and be yeah. like, yeah, I'll write something about oil. And I got like one or two emails into them and then they said something like I couldn't disguise the fact that I was not the Jeff Rubin they were looking for anymore and I didn't get to write it. But I, I almost uh, yeah, I was, I was disappointed, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> the funny thing is there was a similar situation where CNN got someone who they thought was a Edward Snowden expert but was a Twitter comedian. But the whole time he was speaking as if though Snowden was Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> but playing it like completely straight and it's like, you know, I, I don't think, you know, maybe some people are saying we should pardon him and all he's really done wrong is, you know, shave some ice sculptures. Like we can't really <laughs> shit on, but we can't. No one him vetted him enough to actually. Like this was live, and everyone just went with it. Well, the news honestly is just terrible. I mean, have you ever uh, seen Nathan for you, Jeff? Of course, love it. Yeah, that show's amazing, and the amount of times he gets on the news with just like no credentials, like uh, it's true. The I one mean, credit to the... Post Canada. They did. They they eventually they eventually <laughs> they caught on eventually. <laughs> yeah, like they eventually <laughs> got it. So like, um, you know, it's hard to be too mad about it. But um, yeah, fair. Um, but what I no, was but... saying about sorry, what I was saying about the your w Wikitubia was it said yeah, that you say? joined College Humor in two thousand eight. What we've noticed wrong. by doing the show, all this information on a lot of people is wrong. And, incorrect. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually joined in 2004 after the uh, Bush re-election. Yeah. How did you know? I'm curious why you described it that way, because that is how I describe it. That's like how I know the years. It was like I remember it was after Bush was reelected. So I'm curious how you did I write that somewhere and you read it like um, you why, said why it. You, you did say it in an interview that I believe was a New York City live podcast. Great. Um. Yeah, that is true. That is how I describe it. I did join College Humor in like um, November of 2004-ish. Yeah, I graduated college in 2004 and it was not long after. Yeah. And I, I think the funny thing is because of that misinformation, a lot of people might not know that you were actually there before a lot of other people that you were with, such as like Streeter or Amir or Jake, and you were actually an editor before, like while they were interns. That? No. I mean, that's I can straighten that out a little bit. Okay. I was physically in the office before them. I was the first um, person in the office. I was the first, I think I want, I was the first employee of College Humor. Me and my that's friend crazy. Kanal, who was like the first, um, yeah. Kanal was the uh, developer. And I think Kanal claims he was hired while I was still like some sort of intern or something. So Kanal and I can debate this. But I think I was the first employee of College Humor, essentially. Um, but Streeter and Amir had, I believe, written for the site from college for a while. And they never interned. Jake is like a few years later. Um, Jake's a little younger. Like, I mean, two or three years. Now, it's not a big deal. But Jake, there's like, uh, I was there for about a year when I, I would say I was emailing Jake. Uh, sorry. There was the first year I was there. I would say I emailed Streeter and Amir because they were writing for the site and I helped coordinate that. And then they showed up probably after I had been working there for about a year already. And then mm. Jake's a few years after that. Sarah, somewhere after a year or two. I, I, I The timeline's a little iffy. But yeah. Um, so Jake and Amir were, or, God, sorry. Streeter and Amir were like on the site before I was, but I was like in the office um, working there before they were, I guess. Yeah. Were you like contributing at all before you like, did you no. just get hired as like a guy to do some kind of, stuff? I can tell you the story, which is kind of fun. Um, not, no, I mean, all right. So I graduated, 
I went to Penn State. I was the head writer for the humor magazine at Penn State, Froth with a PH, shout out to Froth. And um, that was like the main thing I did in college. It was like really the only thing I like cared about in college. And like most of what I learned in college, I probably learned from doing that. Not just like the writing, but also like the running it and like, you know, securing funding for it and ads and like um, the production of it. And we did live shows and stuff. So I, I, that was like the main, that was like the big thing for me in college that I really spent a lot of time and energy on. And I graduated. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I thought something comedy, I wasn't kind of like bold enough to like think uh, I should be like a TV writer. Um, but I was living at home in New Jersey um, and kind of just looking for jobs. And every day I went on Craigslist and like, would, I just like made it a point to like apply to two or three jobs every day. And there were mostly, I mean, I don't even remember what, but there was nothing I was too excited about. But then this one came up, this college humor thing came up and I thought it sounded really interesting. And they were, I think just kind of looking, I'm trying, I wish I had the post. I mean, college humor was at this point for people. Um, and they had started the site themselves in college and they had only, they're only a year or two older than me. So they hadn't graduated much before then. Um, this is Josh, Ricky, Jake, and Zach. And they were just like, I think they didn't know what they wanted. They had a sense they were starting to grow and they were like, yeah, we're looking for someone to help out with all sorts of things. And it's a paid internship, but it could turn into something. I really think they didn't like know what they wanted exactly, but I know what I wanted. So maybe it was a good fit. Yeah. And I've never felt this way before or since, but I, when I applied for the job, I was like, this thing is mine. Like I felt like what they were looking like. I thought I was, um, our humor magazine froth. I thought was very good. Um, yeah. You know, we like communicate with other humor magazines. Our production value, I thought, was pretty high for 2004. I thought it, I thought it was funny. I'm sure the others were good, <laughs> too. But like I was I thought it was a pretty high quality product. And I was the head writer of it. And I was like, who are they going to like? How can they find someone like better for this job than me? I knew a lot about the Internet, which is like not super common then. Um, like now, I don't think you would. I think what I was like then is how everyone is now that I was just like plugged into the Internet and Internet culture. But that was not so common in 2004. Um, mm. And uh, so I really felt like the job was mine. Like I knew about computers. Like I can like fix a computer. Like that was I, for some reason I thought something that would be important. Um, you know, like I can like update a website. Like I have like these like kind of basic technical skills. And so I had a bunch of the humor magazines and I was sending them to a lot of places. Like I had taken a stack of them and I was sending them for various um, jobs. And this is uh, the fun... Yeah, so, but when I sent it to them, I don't know, like, why I did this, but I had to put it in an envelope, and I had to put a piece of cardboard in the envelope to keep them stiff, and I wrote my resume on the piece of cardboard. <laughs> like, I did it in Word, and then copied, like, the Word template onto the cardboard in, like, marker, <laughs> and I, I remember just thinking, like, if they don't think this is funny, I don't want to work there, yeah. and um, they... Uh, and yeah, I guess like, I, I mean, you know, I, I think I was credible and, you know, I had this uh, humor magazine and they called me in for an interview. And um, I think I want to say they gave it to me on the spot. Like, I, I remember when they interviewed, I do actually, I'll tell you one other thing is I remember when they interviewed, they asked me like what kind of comedy I was into. And I was like, have you guys, I remember saying, have you guys heard of this show? Arrested Development. Arrested Development was still on the air at this point. Yeah, that would have been like it was, maybe uh, season two. Right. It was like, yeah. a see, I was obsessed with the rest of the development. Again, something that's like not that uncommon now, yeah. but it, I was yeah. like, I, I felt like I had the complete right answer. I was like, not only like, let me tell you about, I'm obsessed with what I is the funniest thing ever. And it, 20 years later, I think is still correct. 
Totally. And yeah, I remember just like, I just had this like confidence that like, I wish I could manufacture in other circumstances. Like I really felt like the job was mine and, um, I, and I got it and it was like a part-time internship, but I like they paid, they paid me and then they, yeah. um, pretty quickly it became a job and yeah, I mean the other thing, I guess I would I, my parents were kind of skeptical and I lived at home for a year while I commuted into the city. I'm very fortunate that my parents lived in New Jersey and I was able to like take this train in while I kind of got my legs under me and figured this out. Um, the other thing that's like kind of a major milestone in college humor, and you can look it up, I guess, is there's a New Yorker article about Josh, Ricky, Jake, and Zach that came out in like maybe 2004, 2005. And that was like a real turning point. Like for many, many years afterwards, I would say I work at College Humor. People be like, oh, like that New Yorker. I mean, like 10 years after, <laughs> yeah. like, people fucking read the New Yorker. I can curse, right? People fucking read the New Yorker, like, and really retain it. Like for many, many years, I would say I worked at College Humor. And at least in New York, people be like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember that one article about these four <laughs> people. But that article really was a turning point. I think like after that, um, I think in my memory, I mean, you could ask for them, but like, I think after that, things really, like we were hiring more people and yeah, I was very lucky. I mean, so lucky um, to really just be in the right place at the right time. Um, and, um, you know, I was able to like, I was just, I was there first. It's like unbelievable. It was, I, I uh, changed my life. Yeah. So I, I have to ask just because in the pre-interview you did say you that we saw on screen is very similar to the you that is really you. There was a hardly working where you, your parents were disappointed. You thought that you were. Oh, I humorous. love that one. Thank you. So, uh, did you tell oh, your parents, parents that you were a lawyer for the Ghostbusters? No, I, that's <laughs> probably that might be my favorite hardly working. I I do love that one. I'm very proud of that one. Um. So no, I mean my parents like for a long time were like still like even after I was working there and like we had written a book or two and like it was like a reasonably successful career for, I mean, years. I think my parents were still on about like law school for like a while. Really <laughs> so there was some truth in that, in that episode. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Is your dad black? No. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> he well, is I hate to go on a tangent, but I yeah. just, because in that sketch, that was our lawyer. That was our lawyer. What was his name? He was a really nice guy. I'm struggling. I, I wish I could remember his name. He was a really nice dude. I can't think yeah. of his name. So but sorry. in yeah. cool Jeff, um, I think it's Pat who says, oh, he's turning into a uh, cool Jeff, like Urkel. And then I think David says, no, Jeff isn't black, which I think uh, is one of my favorite. <laughs> so is there I a correlation know. there that was trying no, to be drunk? I'm, I think we just like, I think we're just, we were dumb and made a bad joke. Right? There was no, that was not, <laughs> there was no hint of a connected theory there. Yeah, I think it was just like, I mean, I, I did not join to be an actor. We did make, and probably the reason people think I joined in 2008 or whatever is like, no, we That's made videos before then, but like we didn't make, I, we were not making videos like the first few years I was there. Mm -hmm. And um, you were um, like uh, accepting booby pics, right? Yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, I think and, for, for Zoomers that are listening who might not know this, that called Schumer, which is now kind of known for like hardly working and their originals and um, a lot of shows that have started with like the new cast of called Schumer. Um, they might not know that similar to like National Lampoon, uh, you guys started a lot more doing like aside from just articles, but like hottest college girl of the week and stuff. And I, uh, yeah, National Lampoon is a perfect comparison. It makes me feel a lot less creepy when you mention that like someone else did that before us. But yeah, I mean, like it, that was part of the site. And I to give um, 
again, the founder. And I don't think you need to defend yourself. Like it's that's what college kids want. It's not terrific. It's not our. I'm proud of that hardly working. That's not an element of the site. I'm super proud. But to give the guys um, behind the site some credit, like they pivoted away from that into original content, which is like a lot of the sites that were like college humor competitors, like did not do, you know, like it's, that's a Mm. hard move to make to like move away from nudity. Of course. So like, um, I mean, I think that is, yeah, I think that's hard to do. And I'm proud that we did that. I guess less proud of the, initial thing that we we did it but um yeah that was definitely a part of the site it was like very broy um, yeah it was very broy but those people running the site were all like super like i i mean i don't know yeah it was very bro totally I, I think the point that i'm trying to make there is more i think it must be a little bit tough like at the time of when that was to drift away from that because i'm sure that broadened a ton of traffic and then to be confident enough with the comedy to be okay we're yeah. gonna put everything in here and now that's really what you know called Schumer is known for. I don't think you have a broy audience. Like, I don't think I don't know if you no, can tell by I my McFarland like here. I'm not a brand. bro. I think they're they're very yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Every, every basically all comedy produced before like 2017 or so is problematic, and we are of course yeah. So. I I I and I think you can go to anyone who has made comedy there. Like even other people we've talked to. Like what the Bakker F and D films, there's gonna be a ton of stuff that people were just like, it was of the time. I think just yeah. the fact that you guys shifted pretty quick away from that and really did kind of create like the behemoth that you guys are known for now, which is like the originals, like Dorkly, Bleep Bloop, like Hardly Working Jake and Amir. Yeah. An early thing I remember, I think in the first year I worked there, is that um now <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening will remember that Ashley Simpson, I think it was Ashley Simpson, she was on SNL. And yeah, those dubs. Lip syncing or yeah. something, right? This is like 2004, maybe 2005. Yeah. Like we, someone, we like happened, like the TV was hooked up to the computer and like we got a recording of that and like put it on the site and it was like major, major, it was a huge boost in traffic. I mean, I was working at College Humor before YouTube existed. Like now, yeah. like there yeah. wouldn't be like one central site where that clip was, but like, it, like this was a thing that happened people want to see it like we just happened to get a recording of it very quickly and like got it up so like that was like the very early days of the site you know that's so funny because that's like the basically the same origin story for for youtube except it's he wanted to see the janet jackson nip slip and then couldn't find it and then what blew them up was people wanting to watch the uh lonely island lazy sunday video which right, got uploaded right, like and that. ripped to youtube yeah so I'm it's always I, that but yeah that that sounds plausible i guess well, it's just funny that I guess like all of these big sites have their roots in just like ripping something. Or at least like that's what people used the internet for back in the day before yeah, original so- content found a space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm That I'm less sure about, but maybe. I, so when you guys kind of really kind of got the ball rolling and you even like started your YouTube channel and then, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because though College Humor the Page was something I think like in the top 10 most subscribed for a while, you guys were kind of outside of it because, you know, you guys were making videos for the site and then that just happened to be re-uploaded to YouTube. Like, did you guys feel like YouTubers at all or? No, no? I don't yeah. think the idea of YouTubers existed as like a, uh, a profession, I guess. Um, I don't think we felt especially connected to YouTube culture. We did feel connected to, I'd say, comedy culture. Absolutely. And like, um, I think that is more how we identified. I think like being a quote unquote YouTuber was just like not a thing then. So um, 
and like you said, it wasn't like our primary distribution. And I think we weren't doing the things other YouTubers were doing because we had come into the site through this like side door. So um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we I don't think we really identified as YouTubers speaking for myself. Anyway. No, and I, th- I think that makes sense. Like, if anything, I think, though, I think a lot of your guys fan base and traffic probably did as well come from YouTube, especially in the later years. I think I would compare you guys more to like, yeah, writers, comedians and like the UCB almost SNL esque level. Yeah, thank you. That's much. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just say thank you. Well, I, I just think, you know whether it just be like the production value that you guys brought or the fact that like, I think you kind of look at something like a hardly working as like these exaggerated versions of yourselves and this cast of characters, more of something where it's like, you can tell that, you know, this isn't just me holding with a camera talking about my day or like a sketch that some 14 year old is making. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like it was like, not, that's why I think we're not, what people traditionally think of as YouTubers because like we were not just people in our bedrooms. I mean, maybe if we were all born 10 years later, I think maybe we would have been, but yeah. uh, we had cameramen and like production value and like these mm-hmm. things. And it was because we were part of this other apparatus that was like outside of YouTube. So that is, I think why it was a little different. Um, well, it always yeah. confused me as a kid, like, cause I, I went to college humor, the site to watch your videos, not on YouTube. And I'd see like, it just felt like, like, I didn't understand how you guys had an office and, like, what, how you guys made money, you know? Like, cause I was like, like, I thought I maybe at first I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, like, I thought, still to this day. Uh, yeah. he, Thomas didn't know what ad revenue was. I or didn't. I was, yeah, I was pretty yeah. young, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, I think a lot didn't. of it was new, too. Like, I think a lot of it was, um, was new. Yeah, like, sponsored video. I think we were must have been some of the first people doing like sponsored videos probably i think i'm not oh, i would assume so anything, but like definitely certainly we were among the first i i would think and then yeah, I, I guess it would you're been, welcome internet yeah yeah <laughs> so did it did it sort of change a lot because i i heard and again correct me if i'm wrong but not the audience but you correct me if i'm wrong um that it kind of started out of a loft the office that uh yeah the four guys correct. lived first, out of yeah, that's right. And you, I think you can read about that in the New Yorker article from 2008 or whatever, or 2005 or whatever. Yeah, that's right. The first place I worked was um, in their apartment. And I don't think the guys would mind me saying that I think in the interview, they were like, we often work in our underwear. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'm in my underwear right now. You guys saw what yeah, I put I down my laptop. Say. So I was yeah. like, yeah, no, that's fine. And then I got there and they really did like work in their underwear. So because like their bedroom was like right next door. And I was like, oh, that was serious. They are working in their underwear. <laughs> I mean, they didn't do that for long. I don't, you know, I, I don't think they did that much past me. But like the first office was indeed their loft. It was like a four bedroom loft, yeah. with like kind of this office room at the end. And it was very, very cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, crashed there a few times. It was nice. Um, it was a great, it was a great thing. I mean, it's funny because they're, uh, they're only a year older than me or a year or two older than me. I think I'm even older than Zach, to be honest. And um, so it was like... Um, I don't know. I like looked up to them and they were like my boss and like um, I looked up to them and I was like, but then looking back, I was like, oh, I was like 22. They were like 23. Like if I meet a 23 year old now, I'm like this guy's an idiot. Nothing personal. <laughs> I don't know how old you guys are. Maybe 23 year old. 24. So yeah, I'm 24. So I'm just so you, cleared yeah, it. Yeah, you're good. You're, you're, over the, <laughs> you're but fine. But yeah, like in retrospect, they were so like, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, I always think of 
even when I see an old episode of Saved by the Bell right now, it's like hard for me to understand that like I'm older than the Zach Morris that was in that TV show. You know, it's like because I always thought of him as older and like I guess, uh, yeah, those guys were like I've always, they've always been older than me. And but they were quite young and it was um, a cool thing. And even a lot, um, a lot. Of, I'm trying to think. I think a lot of the hardly working. I'm trying to remember if this predates hardly working. A lot of the Jake and Amir's. A lot of them were on the, another floor of that building. Eventually, they just rented another floor of the building. And the yeah. Vimeo office also started out of that. And loft. that would have been after the <laughs> IAC buyout. No, that, no, okay. no, way before. I mean, the order. The, we were in the loft. Then we moved upstairs, and I think Vimeo moved into like the smaller office space where we were. They were definitely there for some time. Then we all moved. They must have gotten some investment. I guess they didn't. I don't know why. I don't know what the turning point was, but at some point we all moved to an avenue on, um, uh, to an office on, uh, by Union Square. That's probably the one that's in like most of the videos I'm in. And then maybe yeah, not that's... though, because then a few years, then after the IAC thing, we did move to the IAC building. And that's maybe, I don't know, 40% of the videos I'm in are there or something, just timeline yeah, wise. I know when I, when I think of college humor, I think of the Union Square videos. Like, yeah. where, that's where like the early, like the first, uh, all nighters were, were taken. Yes, there must be some videos from that other office, but I think there maybe there's not many. They're very old, and like a lot of them are on Vimeo or hard to find. I think there is uh one where you, there's like a parody of the before the Wii came out, like other games that would use the Wii controller. And I think you're yeah. in that, and Streeter and Sarah are. That sounds and, possible. And it's like pre even a Wiimote coming out. So it was just like yeah, a white. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. We had like a fake Wiimote. You're right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I do remember that. I don't. I guess I think we made very few videos in that original original office, but it's like documented in a few places anyway. Uh, so this yeah, that that I, that's the real estate yeah. history. Yeah, and also the little fun fact of uh, people might not know that Vimeo started out of college humor. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, it was like a side project for a few of the founders and. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake, I, I, yeah, like, I think Jake, I think it was Jake. I Don't quote me on this. Do not put this in a wiki somewhere. But I <laughs> want to say Jake. I'm sure he's talking. I think there's probably documented. I, I think Jake uh, wanted a place to host his videos. This did not necessarily exist at the time. This was, like, pre-YouTube. And it was, like, I, I think Vimeo might have originally been, like, Jake's personal video site. Maybe? Am I wrong? I don't know. It, it was, uh, it, yeah, Vimeo was, like, a side project. And I think, like, when College Junior was acquired by IAC, it was, like, IAC acquires college humor, and then like below it, it was like, oh, so they're getting this site called Vimeo. Whereas like now, of course, Vimeo has become kind of this pillar of online video and college humor. God bless yeah. it is still like, um, you know, it's still college humor, but like Vimeo really blew up over the years. Yeah, obviously. yeah, I'd even know as as film school students, if like our teachers, if we had to put anything up, it would always be on Vimeo, and I think a lot more. Yeah. Our house films. I have Vimeo.com slash Jeff. It's my best URL. I have Vimeo.com slash Jeff. I can't even get Jeff Rubin anywhere, but I can but Vimeo, I have Vimeo.com slash Jeff. The Economist fucked you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember now... when Facebook opened up URLs, I was like there, like reloading it, and I still couldn't get Jeff Rubin. Like it was I, like an event. Jesus. I got Jewish Boy Josh. That's my URL on. That's Facebook. pretty good. There's a lot of Jewish boy Joshes out there. There's a lot of Jewish boys named Josh out there. So that's yeah. Well, my my dad was saying recently just with like all the rate of the capital and he's like if the race wars start i'm really sorry that i named you joshua zuckerman you're gonna be fucked that's funny yeah yeah that's yeah. not a great name no it's really for not. the race war yeah especially because my <laughs> mom is latina so i'm double fucked <laughs> well, you'll be fine we'll, we'll protect you don't worry <laughs> yeah 
Um, now, I, I, again, this is one of those other things where I, I might have to check with you if this is true. But is it true that you uh, are the creator or founder of the All Nighter? Uh, I do think that is true. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's correct. It is a thing, actually. My, I'm pretty sure it's correct because it's actually a thing my friends and I did in college was we had an all-nighter, which was like, I mean, I'm sure there was like light alcohol and light drugs, but it was like a relatively chaste like party where we stayed up all night, but we had like activities all night. There was like, yeah. we came to tail on the donkey and like we painted the walls. It's like we had like activities planned for every hour and like, I think we did it at least once or maybe twice but we did this thing where we stayed up all night i mean not completely sober but not like an all not like i can't describe yeah. it as an all-night party because that is like yeah. not yeah. what it was it was like 12 hours of like drinking and activities and um um it was very fun and college was not that long after college for me and i think that's where it came from and i think also there was this thing there's this thing at ucb i think is well, I don't know what the deal with UCB is right now, but UCB for a long time did this thing called sketch cram where I don't know if we predated that, but UCB has this thing where like people would stay up all night making sketches. I don't know if we predate that. I do think I proposed the idea of staying up all night and trying to make 10 videos. I do think I did that. Yeah, I think that was me. Because I think but that's I, also... I, I'm, not, I'm not certain enough I can claim credit. That's definitely something that I think pushed, especially like a lot of the originals that involved the staff. I don't think... Yeah. I don't think we got, I mean, I don't know. I think that's we, where we get sponsors for because it, it was like an event and we did live streaming, which again was like fairly novel at the time. I'm trying to remember what the lot we did, like use stream, like this is like pre Twitch for YouTube, etc. Yeah, I think and I saw Twitter and Ustream stream is what it was. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was even Twitter, I don't remember. And um, so it was like an event. So it was certainly an event for us. And I think it got sponsored a few times because, like, it was an event, so you could, like, tie a sponsor to it. So we, mm -hmm. we would do it. But I don't think the videos were super popular. I think they were super weird and, like, I don't know. They're some of my favorites. Yeah, I think they're probably some of our favorites, too. I think and, they definitely um, pushed the original a lot. Like, I know, personally, I think that's when I started watching was around the, the first All-Nighter. And there was definitely a shift in the site where, at least from people who were watching the videos, I think some of the most like the highly viewed videos at least on youtube were a lot of like the more high budget originals but then i think a lot of fans found a lot more love in like you guys and the staff and i think a lot of that was probably pushed by the all-nighter cool i i my recollection <laughs> is they were not i mean i don't remember the view numbers from 10 years ago 12 years ago whatever this was but my recollection is they were not there was a cool event and there was definitely like a core group of fans that appreciated it and we loved doing it Maybe but, uh, we were just so in the that's core a, group. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I think this was in the pre-interview, but we were told that Vancouver is just loves college humor more than it's anywhere true. else in the world. I have traveled to Vancouver, and I've, I was I'm not Mobbed. recognized very frequently, and it drops <laughs> off as the years go on, and that's fine. But in Vancouver, it was, there was like a noticeable uptick, and I'm, I was like, cool town, cool town. We're your demo, yeah. bro. Good taste. <laughs> so maybe we were just biased being like, oh, this is incredible. Know. But I do love those videos. I mean, that those videos were like, I mean, I think over time our production quality went up and things required more and more planning. And like the original videos, I mean, the original, I th the Jake and Amir, uh, I guess I don't know about the college humor stuff, but the original Jake and Amir's are totally like Jake and Amir just being like, uh, we're just lit randomly sat next to each other and like on this like desk pod and like uh, took it upon themselves to like take out a camera and like just start doing like oh you know it'd be a funny thing like let's just do this and it was like very casual and like not a lot of thought and i think yeah. the all-nighter was initially like an attempt to kind of recapture some of that energy and just like 
make it more of like um, a casual thing. You know, someone I will recount a weird compliment. I I, I love I love it. It's I, I don't want to describe it as backhanded, but someone once said that they liked us as a cast because it was obvious we were not real actors. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I thought I thought I think that's true. Like if you look at those videos, like I think they definitely have a like um, friends hanging out. Oh, absolutely. Vibe, I think which, the um, the energy that was, was like it's clearly everyone loves each other. Yes, that is true. We are all still friends. I don't see everyone as much as I like. Not everyone sees everyone as much as they like, but like I see everyone at least sometimes in like this group text and blah blah blah. Like I yeah. hang out with I, I might be hanging out with any of those people like any given day. And um yeah, those are still some of my best friends and uh yeah, like that is you can't manufacture it, it's true. Yeah, I think that's something that's really uh like we've talked about this a few times on the show, just like particularly in earlier internet, like I guess before there was money, before there were there were bigger companies and stuff, and I guess maybe like the chance of stardom, things felt a lot more authentic, uh, and like real. So I think that's probably also why people were attracted to like the hardly working, the cast of you guys because it was like there's more of a connection. Whereas the yeah. the original sketches are just you know they're funny, but they're there's nothing you can connect to, and that's why I think what people really love about the internet is a way to feel connected. Right. I'll tell you something else, which is I worked at BuzzFeed Video. Do you guys even know that? Have you done yeah. your research? I worked yeah, at BuzzFeed we did Video for... Yeah, we did our research. Don't all right, work. all right, all right. <laughs> so I worked at BuzzFeed Video for uh, like a year and a half right after College Humor. And BuzzFeed Video was new. And I, I now most people have encountered a BuzzFeed Video at some point. But like I remember when I left, like it was very... I wasn't the first person there, but it was a very nascent effort. Like it was very... It was not... It was just very new. It was very new. Like, I remember when I left, a lot of people were like, oh, is it going to be making videos of lists? Because, like, that was the thing BuzzFeed was known for, like, in that moment. Yeah. And um, anyway, like, when we interviewed, most, like, and we were, it was a rapidly, I mean, BuzzFeed, in a way, College Humor never did, was, like, aggressively growing. I mean, College Humor grew, but, like, BuzzFeed was, like, um, I mean, their whole thing is, like, scaling, right? And um, we were, like, hiring a lot of people. And, like, when I started there at the beginning of the year, it was, like, we got a lot of, like, film students. Like, no one wants to be famous, I guess. Like, we had a lot of, like, film students and, like, yeah. cinematographers. And it was great. And then, like, a few people did start to get famous from BuzzFeed. And, like, by the time I left, and I think I would speculate this continued after I left, like, you got a lot more, like, uh, yeah, people who were, like, let originally I think we got a lot more technically minded people who were, like, open to doing some creative stuff. And then um, there was, like, I think a shift to... Um, more i mean i think just people who want to be famous were interviewed more that is not to say anything bad about either of those groups of people the technical people who want to do creative stuff were great some of the people who came along later were great etc etc like i'm not it's just I mean, like it's a, it, josh I, and it, i want to be famous desperately so we're i just we're saying i witnessed a similar shift group. where like um it was it's interesting it was interesting to see it again like this similar shift where like a few people accidentally got or we were like yeah like no one set out um to be famous at BuzzFeed and it still sort of happened. And like, I yeah. think if you look at the Try Guys, who I think probably the most well-known thing that came out, certainly the year, whatever I was at BuzzFeed, um, like it's a total accident that those four ended up working together. And like, um, I mean, once they, yeah, so. Uh, and I guess Gabby Dunn like, and I, Allison Raskin as well got like pretty big yeah. and they have a podcast as well and a show. That's true. They had some. They were. They had fans beforehand. I want to say. I don't. I don't know their journey well enough to know how big. But how much BuzzFeed helped? I caught they, on to them I recall, when they were in BuzzFeed, personally. As yeah. I recall, and I did work with them a little, and they're great. Um, they came on as a team and like already had something going on the side. Oh, okay. I don't really know. I, I I don't know them and their his their history well enough to know 
how much BuzzFeed helped or whatever. Um, but they were like, they were sort of already, um, I, I think they were a little bit already a thing when we, they, they came to BuzzFeed, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But they're great. They're so great. As, as we mentioned, the, the information on you online is actually pr- pretty poor and under. Oh, boy. Bella. What else to say? Like no, no, no. Well, I just have sports. I, Jess loves sports. He's a champion quarterback. No, uh, well, just like so. The only information we could find, at least I could find, regarding BuzzFeed is just that you worked there. But it is. Yeah. I'm curious as to like what exactly your position was there. Like, I didn't even know it was in the video. Uh, yeah, no, department. I did work on. Yeah, you can find me in a few BuzzFeed videos if you look. I tried uh, Jolly Bee for the first time on camera. I tried Red Bull for the first time on camera. You um, were in a BuzzFeed- video. Like uh, if teachers were sports stars and you were like a commentator. Yes. Yes. I also made one called if we cared about the environment like we cared about sports. And then the teacher version was like a refinement of that that was better. I really hope that Um, wasn't the case. I don't give a shit about sports. (laughs) Yeah, but well, (laughs) anyway. Uh, What did I do at BuzzFeed? I mean, BuzzFeed is what I do. I was, look, the BuzzFeed is constantly evolving. I haven't been there in five or six years now. I have absolutely no idea what it's like there. I can only describe the time I was there. Um, in the time I was there, there I was a, a, a lead producer, something like that, some sort of senior producer maybe. I forget exactly the job title. And we would, I had a small team of people and everyone on the team, including myself, would try to make uh, two videos a week, maybe one and a half videos a week. I forget exactly. But um it was like soup to nuts. Like you gotta like come up with the idea, um, shoot it, light it, edit it, color correction, like all the way through like mm-hmm. picking the thumbnail and blah blah blah. And I was doing that myself while also trying to lead a team of younger people and teaching them to do that as well. And it was cool. It was a cool gig. Yeah. Right on. I have no idea how it's organized now or what they do now, but that's what it was like at the time. Yeah, I think it's sort of similar to the thing that we were talking earlier. It's like SNL seasons, the one that you're following is usually the one that you yeah, think is the yeah. best. I, I would say even though you would say that you wouldn't consider yourself an actor, I think you did kind of become a fan favorite in the Hardly Workings, especially in ones <laughs> where, like the one you have is Patreon Zit. subscribers just saw me roll my eyes. I'll, let me just put that I out know. there. I, I'm a big, I, I think some of my favorites are with you. Like when you get accepted to SUNY Plattsburgh, but all, and also Hogwarts. I don't even know what that is. It, oh, I guess, that's an all-nighter one, I think. That's, that's an, an all-nighter, all-nighter one. The Britannic and then you're guys, like, right? Yeah, with Britannic. And you're excited because like they have a good athletic department. I, I don't remember a single thing about that sketch. I, I, I'm, va- I'm vaguely remembering it now that you mention it. It's probably shot at like 3 a.m. That's true. We did probably shoot it. It's funny we like make Britannic come over at like 2 a.m. I think like yeah. the guest star <laughs> sketches, I, we would try to do earlier. Um, I, yeah. I, we might have made those guys come later. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it was like I was not a good act. I'm not comfortable acting. I was not a good actor. <laughs> I hated acting on stage. I think there's a charm, um, but I liked it, hosting. Like like the show I did at College Humor. Like if people recognize me from College Humor, it's usually because of Bleep Bloop. And like what's Bleep? I was going to bring like, up Bleep Bloop or yeah. Nerd Alert. I was a huge Nerd Alert fan. Oh uh, well, same thing though. It's like not acting. It's just like presenting. I guess I also love the one where you get a zit, so you wear a full face of makeup and a dress to cover up the zit. That's funny. I don't remember that at all. That's <laughs> it's a great. So the sketch was that. Uh, I guess I, I kind of. Remember, it's like I read like Lucy dress, right? It's like a red yeah, polka yeah. dot dress. Like, I, I think I know the picture of me and in a dress. And you have lipstick and like eyeliner on, nothing covering the zit. 
And That's funny. It's I like, don't remember that. Why do you do that? It's like, well, I put on a little foundation because I have a zit. And then every once in a while, David says, uh, you don't need to wear makeup. Sarah isn't. Sarah keeps punching him in the face the whole time. I've been, this is from 2011. I'm going to bookmark this one. I, I don't remember that at all. It's, a it's great so one. fun. I will tell you guys, it's so fun to go back and revisit them because I have no recollection of them. <laughs> I, like, I, like, yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't remember any of the jokes, and I watch them, and I think they're so funny because I mean, I probably wrote. I'm like, whoever wrote this is great because like they're us, they're me, and they're us, and like yeah, I, yeah. you know, like they're jokes that like I wrote, so they're of course my sense of humor. And yeah. Not that if I, I don't remember if I wrote that one, but um, just like they're very fun to revisit because I, it's truly like someone else made it, but it was really made specifically for me in a way. So. Um, I- I mean, and they're really fun to revisit old ones that I've forgotten about. So I will, I'll check that one out. Yeah. Like I said earlier, <laughs> like this is a lot of stuff that has like shaped my humor as far as like beats or timing or maybe like bring something mm. up and doing it in threes before there's a big joke. Like I think one of the funniest things I like is every time they're like, "Why are you wearing lipstick?" I have a zit, and like, and then finally they're like, "What? Why eyeliner?" It's like, well, it makes my eyes pop. That's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice little twist at the end. That's yeah, or good. even like the box fort one. Like I don't know. I think box fort. I box discrediting. Fort I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, let me give you some behind the scenes on box fort. Box fort was when we moved offices to the new fancy building. Our new corporate overlords. I mean, they're fine. I don't mean to pass this <laughs> yeah, person, yeah. but they're, it is a large company. And um, we moved, and we did have a bunch of boxes. And I did use the boxes to build a giant box fort. I want to say it's separate from a sketch, but then we're like, oh, we should make a sketch about it. But I do remember they were like very anxious to have us take down the box for it. And I like really <laughs> didn't want to take down the box for it. That's that's it. But maybe that's not. The did, story. Was there also a desk fort video that you did as well? I think that's that the same. I don't remember so good. Maybe. I do like the box. Box fort's a sort of a bigger production. It's like an action. It's like a epic <laughs> battle scene or something. So that one stands out. I also like the joke that all you guys were doing there was like dancing to German techno music. Oh, I do think that's very. I know exactly. It's me, Murph, and Jake like dancing. I do yeah. love that cutaway. I, I, this one I remember. <laughs> I, I do like the box fort sketch. Yeah. Did you like so? I mean, I think we were like all like very Simpsonsy. Like, I don't think we actually knew any rules or anything. I think, um, I don't know. I think we were just like Simpson. I don't know. I think we were just like trying to imitate things we liked, like the Simpsons and Mr. Show. Like, I don't think we like had rules or anything in mind. We probably. Well, I do find it funny. And like probably also, you... I think some people did. Like Dan's, like a very good writer. Like I'm sure Dan did. Like I did not. <laughs> I do find it funny though, Josh, that when you brought up like the things you learned from comedy from college humor, which I'm not saying you didn't, but you brought up like beats, timing, and the rule of three, which is just like pretty standard comedy oh, stuff. No, I, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's, but that's true. I you also... definitely did not invent. Timing, no, but, but I, I or, or the rule of three. No, but I learned that all from you guys. I know that's a thing, but I think in that it oh, also yeah. shaped like my comedy yeah. sensibility. That's cool. No, I I mean, that's totally true. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, cool. I. That's, I, that's very nice to hear. It really is. We did you. a pilot about I want to say no, God, time's flying by. Like three years ago, it didn't get picked up. Whatever, but there it was a parody of The Real Housewives, written by a group here called Queer Prof, called The Real Gays of Vancouver. And there's this character when they go to a clothing store who is just entrenched in a flowing coat. And in the original script, as everyone's fighting in the background, that character just die is dead in the cloak. And I think uh, yeah. it's just kind of in the you background of something that you're not noticing. That I think I lifted, yeah. I lifted from The Simpsons, either consciously or unconsciously, was like, you give the audience credit to know that they will know where the joke is going. And like on the, you know, like, and like on the Simpsons, I just rewatched the one where, 
um, Marge gets pregnant with Maggie and um, what's his, what's her sister's name? Patty and Selma, Selma find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're not supposed to tell everyone, but they're going to tell everyone. And then they, um, they open up the phone book and they're like, hey, Aronson, guess what? And then there's like <laughs> dissolve and it's like time has passed and they're like, thank you, Mr. Zabrowski or whatever. And they hang up and they're like, Aronson and Zabrowski are the two biggest gossips in town. As long as we know yeah. that, like, they, they, they always, like, the Simpsons gave you the credit to, like, the audience will know where the joke is going. So, like, they, like, I don't know. You, I don't know. Twisted you, like, at the last joke second. About, like, where, by subverting expectations of, like, how jokes are supposed to work, you know? Like, I think we yeah. have a lot of jokes about how jokes are supposed to work. And I, I think that's that. also very, like, uh, Mel, not Mel Blanc, uh, Chuck Jones as well. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some cartoony stuff, which of course comes, I mean, for me anyway, from the Simpsons, like I, me and Amir were really big Simpsons fans. I'm sure everyone liked it, but like me and Amir in particular, I would say like breathe, lived and breathed it growing up. I think Amir would not mind me saying like Streeter, I'm sure watched the Simpsons, but Streeter's not like still watching the Simpsons like uh, I am or whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for me anyway, like I think basically anything good i did is probably something i lifted from the simpsons and or mr show okay i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit but i'll i'll let no. you have it thank you thank <laughs> when you like i mean when you guys were kind of in the height where like you weren't just big on college humor the internet in general youtube before then like did you when you started at college humor did you feel like okay this is definitely going to be something big or was it kind of a surprise when you guys blew up no i mean I and have know. canadians recognize you uh no i mean definitely the, i mean when i started getting recognized was like definitely not something i ever thought would happen because we weren't making videos or whatever i had some reasonable confidence when i started there i just liked the dudes i thought they were smart um things were always going well to be honest like it was always moving forward like i can't recall any like very serious setbacks like we never you know um for the first few years so um I don't know, like, I guess I did think it was going well. I also was, like, living at home, so it was, like, I I was, I didn't need to. It was a first, my first real job. Um, Hell of a know. first I, job. I, I, I was never worried. It, wor- it always seemed to be going well, so I always was, felt good about sticking around, but I never, I don't think I ever had the foresight to, like, be able to predict where it was going. Um, certainly not to, like, the level of being recognized or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were never, like, I mean, maybe other people, I've never been, it's never been like the Beatles or like, you know, the beginning of Austin Powers where like I would yeah. like chase down the streets or whatever. But like, I, but like my parents saw someone recognize me once and like, they'll still talk about it, you know? And like, yeah. um, my parents, I mean, my, I'll tell you, my mom loves Jake and Amir. She loves it. She thinks it's so funny. And she thinks Amir is so funny, which is true. Um, Cause if you meet Amir, <laughs> he's just like, if you meet Amir and Jake, they're very funny. And she just like thought they were so funny. And she, I got her a Jake and Amir shirt, and she would wear it, and she would get so thrilled when other people like knew what it was, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. It was, I mean, that was like the kind of fun part. But I was, I don't know. It was like, it was always like, a, I, was, I never thought I'd be recognized. I never had any illusions I was famous, and it was just like always kind of a, a, a fun novelty thing to be recognized. Yeah. I, I did. You guys ever go to any like, um, like con events or anything of the like, like? In terms of like getting swarmed by people, the dead ever like happened? VidCon and uh, internet conventions. No, VidCon I don't think existed at the time. I mean, we went to Comic Con. Like we shot a few videos there. I'd say we shot a few videos at a few different conventions. I would not say we were ever like swarmed anywhere. 
And we did a show, we did a monthly live show at UCB. And like, it was definitely like this small bubble that we were very famous and like on that one half a block for like that one uh, evening a month. Um, so that yeah. was a fun novelty. I guess maybe that's where my parents saw it. And um, yeah, but like, there, I don't think we ever like, I, I don't think like that. I'm sure VidCon didn't exist when I was there. And um, yeah, I don't well, know. When, I, when did you depart from College Humor? Like what year would it have been? 2010 or something? It was right before the Breaking Bad finale. I started. So 2013. elected, left at the Breaking Bad finale. That's how I yeah. remember time. These are the major <laughs> events in my life. Uh, well, technically the Breaking Bad finale, I believe, was uh, fall of 2013. So yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So yeah, because the first VidCon was 2010. Oh, never mind. So I mean, been we, did, we didn't I go. Mean, not that's, yeah, so I mean, not a... That's, yeah. It is just kind of funny as, like, you guys were such a staple of internet culture, but were just outside of it enough because you were getting a paycheck, working out of an office, distributing onto a website. True. So it is yeah. It is kind of funny to think of that as, like, oh, you were one of my favorite channels, but you were so outside, like, the YouTube community in the sense of, like, collaborating with other people. Like, even people that you guys did collaborate with, like, Broad City, Britannic they also kind of felt more like in that UCB area yeah, rather like than YouTubers I think that's as true. well. I think, you know? saw ourselves, I think we thought of ourselves and saw ourselves more as comedians than YouTubers, I would say yeah. for sure. Yeah. Or even more like traditional media than internet, perhaps. It just happened to be on YouTube. Yeah, I think YouTube is just a distribution outlet. And I mean, the videos weren't on YouTube at first. It's just like eventually I think they were. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you're absolutely right. Like if you look at a lot of the people, I mean, I, th I think the very first bleep loop is hum I think back before it had a name was with Human Giant. And um, yeah. so that's Aziz and Paul Shear and Rob Hubel, who are all like still very famous, you know, like, yeah, um, well, a lot, of, a lot like, of people that came out of there, like Ben Schwartz is Sonic the Hedgehog, sure, yeah, ben. you know, Thomas Middleditch, Silicon yep. Valley, you have uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's going to be a fucking superhero in a Marvel movie. All, all bleep, all bleep loop alumni. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all bleep loop alumni. And, and all of the main, uh, like cast from when we were watching it, they've all gone into big writing jobs on like, I think Dan is on, uh, what is it? Last the, week tonight. What's the guy's name? Last week tonight, yeah. Yeah, a lot of SNL the writers. Um, yeah, yeah. Pat's on Samantha B, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean it's great so because it's, it's kept them all gum. in New York, yeah. and um, you guys can hang except, out. I guess the LA, guy, the Jake and me are in LA, and uh, Murph and, and Emily are in LA, and so some people are in LA, but um, Caldwell, but um, you know, thank God for these New York jobs because yeah, Streeter is here, Pat is here, Sarah is here. Um, Sarah, of course, has a, her own show, and they shoot in New York. Are they? Yeah, I think is it the be. other two? What is the because she? Yeah, the other two. Yeah, um, and which is very funny. Definitely check that out. And I, it's funny, like I watch, I I I gotta watch one or two because it's Sarah. But like yeah. I completely like I watched all of them because it's very funny. Yeah, and um, uh, who else is still here? Yeah, Dan and Owen are here, and so like yeah, there's a lot of people still in New York, which is isn't Jake. You must feel like a, a good sense still? of Jake is also in New York now. You're right. I just haven't seen him because it's a pandemic, but yeah, Jake is here. I was going to say, you must feel like a, like an immense sense of pride looking at all of your, your peers and yourself as well have like gone on to have such, you know, success. Yeah, totally. It's a, uh, I mean, it's always, I mean, it's a little weird to be honest for me to like revisit my glory days like this with you guys, but I am yeah, it's fun course. too because I'm, I mean, I am quite proud of it. Like uh, I am proud of uh, most of the work we did <laughs> and uh, you know, the people, <laughs> 
we worked with a lot of people. Um, I, I mean, the people, the, both the everyday people and some of the guest star folks, um, you know, went on and like, yeah, we were onto something, you know? Um, so it, I am quite proud of it. And um, I don't know, like, I hope people ask me about it for the rest of my life in some way, you know, like, I, it's probably something I, I I'll think always they will. be associated with. I hope so mm -hmm. anyway. And uh, so, yeah. But well, we're we're one step further yeah. along that. Do I you, wonder. Do yeah, there will be a last one of these one day for me, but I don't know. Like, I I kind of can imagine, like in twenty years, like someone doing a retrospective on it. Maybe not. It's very possible no one will give a shit at that point. But it's if not you want, like, for me to imagine. So um, we'll we'll do this. Uh, if you want to hit us up, yeah. Was, or if you want, no, you can hit I, us up I when you're on your. It. I will not initiate <laughs> it, and it's fine if no one does. Like, I'm not I'm relying just saying... on it, but I, it's not impossible to imagine. That's that's cool. Okay, but just let us know when you're on your deathbed, and then we'll do the initiation, and okay, you'll be fine. Good. Yeah. So I, I would be remiss to talk about on this podcast about awesome things that you've done without talking about the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show. And I oh, think great. of people maybe that haven't listened to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show, um, who mostly know you from like College Humor and like Nerd Alert or Bleep Bloop would think, oh, is it like very much like comic book? uh video game based but you have like such a wide fucking net where like the last one you did was like a competitive meat eater was it or no it was a competitive meat i'll tell you what it was yeah i mean okay, <laughs> so let me just explain how i got there is i interview people i it skews nerdy and i i think probably less so over time just because i guess my own interests expand and also like there's only so much there's like when I was doing Bleep Loop, there was no one, there was, there was probably a time where I was like one of the 10 most famous people who played video games on the internet. I'm not yeah, even totally. the top like million anymore, you know? And, um, yeah. like there was a time when like nerdy content was like sort of novel. I think that time is long fucking past, long past. And like to just discuss like the new Star Wars, I, I, I love Marvel movies. I'm, I'll go, I go see everyone. But to like oh, I'm another a podcast discussing Marvel movies, I would like I it's not it's just no like, one it's just cares anymore. anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. I try to interview people that are just unusual and interesting. And the one I did most recently was um yeah, I did a guy who he is the coach of the um not meat eating, meat judging team. This is a thing in um I think especially a lot of agricultural schools, they have teams that will competitively look at slabs of meat and try to judge them like how much like looking marble, at the marbling I don't know what the words yeah. are like how much marble there is on the steak and like how how much bone there is, it is or juicy whatever. how little sinew all the good stuff i i honestly don't even really <laughs> I, I, i'm sure i asked him in the interview i don't even remember like what the little technical blip flaps they're looking for are and um so yeah so i try to interview unusual people i mean the other one i did i will sometimes try to think like what is the jeff rubin angle on something the other one i think that was probably the one right before that um was kishana gray who's this great um author who's written about like intersectionality in games and this was like um kind of earlier this year or about a year ago i guess like in the spring during the whole george floyd protest and i was just you know there was like a very a thing that touched a lot of things and it really like does bump up against nerd culture in this interesting way and i wanted to get someone who could talk about that so i definitely like still have my roots in nerd culture i guess but i do try to expand beyond that the show has unfortunately become this thing where like i kind of check in every now and then i'll do a month or two of episodes like seasons or month. i used to do it weekly and bi-weekly or whatever i kind of can't keep up with it anymore um but I, mm. i'm never gonna let it go and i'll always like be doing some and i'm planning some right now including some definitely some dorky ones but if i get a dorky one like it's not gonna be I mean, I think I, I think the third episode of the show is me and John Gabris um, talking about 
just Game of Thrones, just like Game of Thrones. What do you think of season two? I will never do that again, just because. Um, not that I don't love Gabriel. I would. Lo- I love Gabriel's on to talk about anything. Gabriel's will make anything interesting, but it's just like, but just like just talking about Game of Thrones, like I, I, throw me out a fucking window. There's just so many people talking about Game of Thrones, <laughs> Marvel movies, and like all this shit now. You know, well, so, that's uh, the thing, right? I guess so. If you ever do need someone just to wax poetic about like main continuum Spider-Man, Ultimate Universe collide, I'll I'll come yeah. on. I'll talk about There's it. So all. Much. I I don't I, I appreciate <laughs> that. There's just like. There's so much that's just like no, not, I, know, I, I just can't do that. Like there's there's like probably like ten incredible Spider-Man podcasts. I'm not Absolutely. one of them. You know, like there's there's yeah, probably yeah. 10, well that's the thing. Ten good Spider-Man. That's my guess. There's ten. Is, is that right? <laughs> probably. Like, there's just there's probably. just so many. Maybe more. There's probably a lot. Everyone loves Spider-Man in a market like this, like with podcasting, especially in the last couple of years. Because I mean, when when you first started doing it. Podcasts weren't new, but they weren't like it's the true. Big I'm coming thing. up on it. I was just thinking I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary of my podcast. So, yeah, I, I definitely was a little earlier than so. But some. like and back at that time, you could make a, a thing just talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, and it I, wouldn't I, have I, been at the time. I should have thought I, I wish I had thought at the time I should make I should be the guy with the Star Wars podcast or whatever. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. I should have gotten in on that. Um, yeah, you would have gotten in I early. Did, I did this weird interview thing instead. So the reason the interview thing, I mean, it's just hard to think of people. And like the meat judging thing is actually the only reason I'm aware of it is I rewatched all of King of the Hill and the very last episode of King of the Hill actually centers on this. It's kind of like a nice, it's actually a a nice last episode because it's like a competitive, Bobby gets into this and it's like, cause it's eating, but it's also a competitive sports and it's also meat. So Hank is very proud of like Bobby being into the sport. It's a nice (laughs) last episode. And I was like, is this a real thing? And I Googled it and I was like, that's going on the list. So that's, I, uh, yeah, that's kind of where the podcast comes from. Would you say that it's just sort of like something like that? Like you find out about something that you think is like super fucking interesting. And then you're like, I want to learn about Definitely. that. Definitely. I know yeah. I, the other thing is people will tell me that something should be on it. Like I'd say it's half yeah. stuff I just come across and half stuff people tell me about. Unfortunately, I can't like force either of those events, you know, like other than just like doing the show and talking about it. Like I can't make people tell me about stuff. It's hard to. Um, I've done, I don't know, 200 some odd episodes now. It's like hard to find new stuff like me judging. Um, so I am always on the lookout for it. It is hard. It is hard to generate new guests. And like, I pride myself on not repeating myself. And, um, even though there's ones I did like a lot, like, um, chess boxing, like I had a chess boxer on nerd alert, the show I did at college humor must've been eight or nine years ago, but even still, I don't want to do a chess boxing episode of my podcast, even though I probably should. I think it's really interesting. It's like a perfect thing for me. It's, uh, you know, it's very, it, it's nerdy, but it also has this, I don't know, this unusual element of it. And uh, Nerd Alert was just like a probably a five-minute segment or even less. I would love to do like an hour talking to a chess boxer. But just because I did it yeah. 10 years ago and something I'm sure no one remembers, I don't want to do it. So would you, it's hard to come up with new ones. Would you, and this is just as a fan I'm asking, do you think you would ever independently bring Nerd Alert back or no? That's a time in your past. Uh, like, no. Probably not. I am surprised to hear myself say that. I wish I, I mean, there was definitely a time where I wanted to. There's so, I mean, I think at the time it was a relatively novel idea to have a show that recapped the week in nerd news and have some nerd punditry. It is the opposite of novel now. It's just like, I don't think there should be any more of those. So I would not do Nerd Alert again. I guess so. It's still super fun going back and looking. Like even just watching one that I watched last night where you went to this store in New York that was like, Almost like a video oh, yeah. game museum. Yeah, that place is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I double dipped there. I actually made a video with them for Buzzfeed too because that place is so incredible. But um, you know, uh, 
I, so I wouldn't do Nerd Alert. I would do Bleep Loop again in some form um, if Pat would also do it. I wouldn't do it without Pat. And we've like, right. it's come up over the years. Like we've talked about it. Like Bleep Loop is the thing I would go back to because that's like a let's play thing that's based on us hanging out and having fun. And like that still exists. Um, Pat's still one of my very best friends. I see him all the time. We still like watch movies and like have that kind of dialogue. And that's and, um, nice to hear because I thought Mike Trapp killed Pat. Right. Yeah. So. Well, he's the ghost of Pat I'm hanging out with. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he is, you know, um, so I, in, I, you know, that is something I probably won't do. We did, re we did, I mean, this is like seven or eight years ago. We did do a Bleep Loop reunion with um, John Gabris and Dan Klein um, back when we all still lived in LA. And so, like, we did do a Bleep Loop reunion once, and I would do that again, hypothetically. I, not saying this is going to happen. It probably yeah. won't. Um, but that is more interesting to me than doing Nerd Alert again, which, again, I think, like, at the time was hopefully a little novel, but it's just, like, is just the opposite now. So I, I wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, you, I think you're totally right when you said at the time you were in the top 10. I mean, honestly, for, for me, there was, like, I watched Angry Video Game Nerd, I watched You, and I watched uh, no Zero Punctuation were, like, my weekly video game content guys. Is Zero Punctuation go back that far? He's I've old, been watching yeah. it for a long time, I guess, too, yeah. Yeah, he's old. I don't know if he's, like, like maybe 2007, something yeah. like that. Cool. He's still yeah. going, I think. I believe that's correct, yeah. I'm sure it's correct. Um, so, yeah, they, 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 yeah, I don't know. But that stuff is just, I don't know. I, I was very, again, like, lucky. I was just lucky to be at a time when this was not as um, well-worn, yeah. I, it just wasn't as saturated. Yeah. I know we talked about how derivative these podcasts focusing on one topic are. So I'm only going to take 90 seconds to ask you this. And if you want, tell me to shut the fuck up. Okay. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the last Star Wars film? Oh, so bad. I, I know. I see it with Pat, Dan and Owen. I want to say we all saw it together and it's terrible. Like, it's not even that interesting to discuss to me. It's just bad. And actually, like, I forget. I don't know if Pat said this or I read it on Twitter, but someone said it and it really resonated with me that it like freed them of giving a shit about Star Wars. Like I'll still see more Star Wars movies, but like you're I'm not no as tied. precious. Like I'm not like, oh no, there's a bad Star Wars movie. My God, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's just going to be bad Star Wars movies and that's just like life now and that's fine. They finally axed it. Because uh, a slight link to that, you had Red Letter Media on. Uh, yeah, that's right. I did have Red yeah. Letter Media on. To that's talk right. about the... The prequels. That, they were very new. And I actually, I was thinking about that because I think I, at the time, I was like, you're never going to believe this. They talk about Star Wars for longer than the runtime of the movie. Can you believe it? Someone yeah. talking about Star Wars for two hours? I mean, there's just so much in that now. And it's now the like Plinker so... reviews have gone fucking blown up and Red Letter Media is huge. You got there yeah. early. I, they like, basically yeah, created I, the format of that like, yeah, video I think essay. That, I think that's right. Um, I think there were definitely like... Um, cinema sins and uh i don't know what are some of those other ones you know like those like online movie youtube channels i think oh a huge debt yeah to, uh, the yms who we thing. just had on the podcast this earlier this week who's blown up too your movie sucked like he's very inspired yeah, by red letter yeah. media yeah it was a really big thing it was like uh yeah it was just like the idea that you could talk about star wars for two hours i mean it's, it's also like the ultimate example of this is if you look at Clerks, like Clerks is a movie I've not, I used, I'm from New Jersey, so I yeah. grew up like idolizing Kevin Smith, loving Clerks. I was like 14 or 15. I was like, this is the funniest. I loved Mallrats. I thought this was the funniest movies. And like Clerks, it doesn't date super well. I think I haven't revisited in a long time, but like 
um, at the time, the characters like talk about Star Wars and like, I mean, it's the dumbest Star Wars joke, just like, oh, there were contractors on Death Star, or whatever. At the time, like, this is hard to imagine now, but at the time, move, like having a discussion about Star Wars in your movie was like kind of novel, just like joking about Star yeah. Wars was like yeah. um, novel. And like, you know, you can't like, I don't know, it, just, it doesn't exist anymore. And well, I, I think, think even um, yeah. you've probably played a hand in this, but like. I think with the like democratization of the internet and most people looking at the internet more than television, like the whole idea of nerd culture has grown so much that I think I was probably one of the last generations to get bullied for liking like Spider-Man and Star Wars and comic books and video games. That's probably true. I was never really bullied. I would say I was not like popular, but I was, I don't think I was really like, Oh, lucky you, it. sir. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I had a, I had I, a very yeah. unfun nickname, which was the the skinny Jewish F word. I'm not going to say it now. Oh, boy, it's not yeah. No, I didn't. Anymore. That, I'm very sorry to hear that. That is, yeah, I definitely didn't have anything like that. I got that. pennies thrown that. at me. And I was like a very, uh, like, what I thought what is, liberal what's area. Because it's like Jews are cheap. No, so. I know. But that happened. So my girlfriend's Jewish as well. And that also happened to her. It's a thing. Uh, it's a, a, a it's a horrible thing, thing. Unfortunately, I guess. Um, yeah, I luckily did not. I'm fortunate that I had never experienced anything like that. I guess the other thing I missed is like toxic nerd culture. Like, I think it'd be really hard to do a show like nerd culture. Is I mean, a lot of toxicity has kind of yeah with like the, out of that maybe even stuff of I I don't want to don't quote me on this but like it, some of the incel movement stuff or like just thinking oh girls don't like me so i deserve less. yeah you there's know, a like, connection to like gaming culture there i i think about my life and i think i'm like three wrong turns away from becoming a terrible incel like i look i look back and i was like not popular i loved video games like on paper it could have been me you know and like yeah i don't know i just made the right friends or my parents gave me the right kind of encouragement like i feel like i'm three wrong turns away from becoming like a terrible 4chan incel oh and i and, i don't uh, want to say oh yeah but i just know even me like i people that i were was like good friends with high school now that i don't have any contact with anymore have kind of become that like like 4chan thread incel-y kind of yeah conspiracy so, theorist. I, I don't know i was fortunate to, i just want to say I've been, i was fortunate to do like nerd culture stuff in a time when that wasn't part of i mean i guess it was part of nerd culture but but maybe the we positive. Should, like recognized it more, but um, it, it it was not a prominent part that um you really had to reckon with. I guess. Yeah, no. I and I guess we should have more. We're we're kind of getting to that time, but I have a, a question that I sort of like a, a wrap up encompassing question about this. Oh wait, Thomas, is, before you ask that, can I ask just one more quick ten second question before you do the wrap up, and then I'll shut up forever. Uh, it's not the question that you think it is. Oh no, that's not what it is. I was just going to say, um, quick 10 second so thoughts, WandaVision. Do you, uh, do you feel oh, like Disney it. Plus? I, I thought it was fantastic. Thing, every single Marvel thing is a 9 out of 10 for me. Every single one. Like, maybe Captain Even Marvel's Thor? like an 8, maybe Winter Soldier's like a 10. But like, What about I, Thor? I'm the first Thor. Love it. 9 out of 10. Thor 2, Christ. maybe like 7 out of 10. As but a, like, I basically yeah. love every stupid Marvel thing. I'm I am in the I'm same boat except for, for Thor. <laughs> but I I would say as a, someone who's been reading Spider-Man comics since I could read, Far From Home, all the sequences with Mysterio gave me that like pit in my stomach that I felt from like the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. I love it. I, thought, I like, love it. I'm so Tom Holland is the fucking acest Spider-Man we've ever gotten. Sit down, Do McGuire. Like. 
I'm a terrible person to ask for Marvel movie opinions because I love all of them. Like I'm yeah. complete, I, I have lost objectivity. <laughs> I'm just like, they're all great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. They're all excellent films. So like, uh, yeah. And I thought WandaVision was uh, really I excellent. Loved it. And I love the first. They did Winter something Soldier different. Episode. I was like, yeah, this. Yeah. Came, yeah. WandaVision really was impressive. The audaciousness of it really was, um, I think, something I didn't expect. And that impressed me. Yeah. WandaVision was I would say actually particularly good just um, for how ambitious it was. But Absolutely. My again, only like, gripe, that way about, they like, misused Evan so Peters. Whatever. I think they did Evan Peters. Dirty. Oh, yeah, that was a little weird, but whatever. I don't know. No, it's not the biggest deal. That's just my only You gripe. guys are turning this into some nerd show. I'm so <laughs> upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, he's so the quintessential right Quicksilver. <laughs> anyway, go on, Thomas. I guess my point was that uh, as someone who's, like, clearly, as you've said, been on the internet since, I guess, the beginning, um, do you, like... How would it? How did it feel to see this? Like, it felt like a series of different, like, isolated islands before, and now we've built bridges to all of them, and now those bridges are like super highways, and everything is connected, and it's like one island, and having that like, f- like, become the mainstream. It went from like almost not like a counterculture, but you know, into the mainstream. Did you feel that change as it was happening, or like, I don't know? It's just interesting no. to ask someone who was like creating for the site, like the internet. Yeah, no, I, I recognize what you're saying. Um, I don't think you can see that thing day to day, only like in retrospect. Can you like kind of recognize that kind of shift? I, for me anyway. No, mm-hmm. I don't think I like saw that. I mean, at some point it became clear that like video was going to be a thing, but even that's like not as clear to me anymore. I don't know. Like, I guess it's always changing in like what you're describing. Like, I don't know. It's always changing and like you, yeah, it's just always changing. And I don't know, like whatever it is today is like not what it'll be in a year or two. And like, I guess that's maybe mm-hmm. the main thing I learned is like to never get too comfortable with what it is. It's like really always evolving. And um, I don't know what it'll I evolve guess... to, but like the one thing you can count on is that it's evolving. Yeah. That's true. And yeah, I guess for me as well, one thing I've noticed is how it it's, seems to me that it's getting faster. Things used to have like a longer half life on the internet. That's probably true. I don't have any data on that, but that sounds correct. Hmm. yeah i don't know um i don't know maybe it's hard i don't know that might be right yeah okay i Guys, just find I, it it's like a, I, it, can, before we end can i plug something oh we're, we're of course we, we still have a little bit before you plug like oh. another five don't okay. worry keep going keep going um I, I another question that we like to ask all of our guests we can cut this out if you want have you ever completed a hands-free e-jack uh no I don't think so. I, I, am, I, am I understanding the question correctly? Does it mean what I think? Using it your mind or Kegels, you have brought in yourself to completion. Yeah, that's a very strange question. That is not at all like the questions you've been asking for the previous <laughs> hour. I'm just, I'll say, I'll stick with no. Okay, fair enough. It's just something we like to ask, just to make sure. The hunt continues. No one's achieved it yet, except I. So we're going to keep trying. We're looking for a friend for Josh. Oh, no okay. one is ever well, related with me, so it's just it'd be nice. Make make me feel like less of a freak. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I really want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate that. You are definitely someone who has really no shaped my. I was humor. a nightmare to schedule, so um, it is all to. good, my guy. If if people want to find anything of you or see anything that you're doing, wh- wh- where can they see that? What's the plug? I don't have a good answer to that. I mean, there's the podcast, the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show. Um, you can find that. The other thing I wanted to plug um, is a game. I made a game, which was oh, like a new shit, thing really? for me. Yeah, I made a game called um, liesgame.com. 
and it's a kind of a multiplayer game that you play with your friends. Um, sort of like um, Jackbox stuff, if you're familiar with that, except I'm you don't need like a central TV. Um, and you kind of get, it's a game where you have to, uh, oh, I guess hopefully it like feels like a board game, even though it's like a phone game. And, uh, you know, you get to make up lies and try to fool your friends. And so it's, it's kind of in that, um, Jackbox kind of world of games that feel like board games, even though, um, they're digital. Is like, it I live now? Made a, it is liesgame.com. And I basically made a board game and then it was like impossible to print because it was just too many cards and blah, blah, blah. And then like I made a digital version and hopefully it still feels like a board game. So it's lies. You need you and you, some friends. Everyone, it'll, it's not an app. You don't you don't need to download any funky apps. It's just a website. Go to the website liesgame.com. Get a few of your friends to do it at the same time. You can just use your phone, iPad, whatever, and um, uh, you hopefully from there it'll be pretty self explanatory. Um, liesgame.com. Fun. Well, that makes actually gives me a question if I could ask you from yeah. the creator himself. We this Monday, Thomas. Uh, Myself and a couple other people are having a backyard uh, Passover dinner on Monday. And we're mm-hmm. also doing it distance with other people. Would we be uh-huh. able to play your game and yes. document it, vlog it, yes. and put it on our channel? Definitely. You definitely can. And I will tell you that we made a stupid mode. Um, it's called scoreboard mode. Yeah, basically the way the game works is that everyone is just using their phone and there's no central screen, but there is a way to create a central screen. If you want to like, um, play it on Twitch or whatever, I actually did that with the Headgum crew. It's a good, if you search the Headgum YouTube channel for lies game or for me or something, you will find this. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, you can totally play it online. Um, at your virtual events, you can play it in person. You can play it over zoom. It's a fun game I made. So well, I, I think free. we will do that over some brisket. Jeff, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. This was really fun to, you know, uh, revisit the glory days. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, if you guys want to find us, you can find us at youtube.com slash friend styles, uh, anchor uh, FM slash friend styles. We are when we are there show on, uh, God, we are when we are their show on both Instagram and TikTok. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash friendstyles. Anything to add, Thomas? We also have a Twitter that we don't use. Um, it's also when we were their show. Uh, friendstyles.ca will be coming up at some point, maybe. Soon. Uh, pornhub.com slash friendstyles, because apparently that's great to advertise uh, non-sexual content on Pornhub. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, our... If you know about our wholesome only fans, you'll know that the wholesome only boys are are a couple loving chaps and they're coming to Pornhub. But don't expect to see any skin. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, thank you so much, Jeff. We'll see you guys next week.